Hey, my name is Dave Severns. I'm the worship pastor here at Compass Point. Uh, welcome to Postscript, our podcast where we talk about what we're learning together on Sunday morning. With me today is Pastor Brad Klink. Um, Brad, you continued with our series called Entrusted, looking at these pastoral epistles. Uh, and you talked a little bit about foolish controversies. Do you want to give us a little debrief of, of where you went on Sunday? Yeah, for sure. We looked at a passage from 2 Timothy, and we, we started off by looking at some, some warnings that Paul had given to Timothy to then convey to the church. And uh, the warning about engaging in godless chatter or uh, foolish controversies or, or stupid arguments, it even says, and uh, how these things can distract us from God's work, can get us off track of, of truth. Mm-hmm. And then we looked at how there's there's a call to to avoid these these things, to even separate ourselves from people who are divisive or, or mm-hmm. separate ourselves from false teaching and to take an action response to some of these things as well. And then finally, we saw a call to, to do something different, to respond differently. Differently, a, a, a call to uh, to respond to those who might be aggressive or oppositional or leading us down a path uh, that's not helpful, and to respond with kindness and gentleness and and love, and and you know, in effect, to live differently, like we talk about all the all the time here at Compass Point. Nice, yeah, that's great. Um, now, I, I don't know about you, but if I was given a passage like this and told, "Hey, you know, you need to talk about foolish controversy to the church," I'd be like, "Yes." Finally, I get to tell people what they're doing wrong, right? And I wouldn't actually do that, or right. I hope I wouldn't get there. But, but as you prepared this sermon, what are some of the things that you found this passage really speaking back to yourself? Or, or were there things that you pulled out that you thought, maybe I should say that, maybe I shouldn't say that? Like, what was the process like for you? Yeah, it was challenging because I'm always sensitive to not want to read too much of my own experience into what the text says, but try to to, to take what what is coming uh, truly out of the text. And um, I was wrestling with with even the way I uh, function within the church community. And, and mm. you know, there are certain things uh, I love. There's certain types of music I love. There are certain things I love to see in every service. There are certain ways I'm used to doing church, especially coming from a a church planting background, um, which was a much different context than, than here at Compass Point. There's things I, I, I hold deep and, and really enjoy and really have my, my preferences attuned to. And I have to be sort of aware of my own uh, my own preferences and my own sort of reading things into the way the church should be and, and be uh, aware of when I'm, I'm sort of um, uh, projecting those things onto church. Yeah, and uh, so that's one thing. Another thing I was thinking of, and and uh, didn't make the final cut of the sermon, but there's this this concept of how uh, uh, P- Paul is warning Timothy that there's there's going to come a time where where people want to gather around them teachers or people that have uh, uh, that will say the things they want to hear. It talks about us having having itchy ears sometimes, and and kind of gathering ourselves, uh, uh, gathering like people around ourselves. And so sometimes these foolish controversies, I think might not be controversies in the group that's talking about them because we gather those people mm. who think the same things about us, but they're, they're still not helpful. They're still godless chatter. And, and um, so I was wrestling with some of those things as yeah. I was going through preparing the message. Okay, and you, that, those are two really, really big and important things. And I want to touch on both of them. Uh, first, you talked about is preferences, this idea that we all come with our own preferences. So we're not even necessarily talking theological controversies like you believe the scripture says that I believe it says this we're just talking about this is the way it's been done this is the way I prefer why aren't we doing it like this I've seen it done like this can we do it like this can't we try new things Um, I mean this is the world that I often live in Mm -hmm. uh, being the guy who 
gets to wear the worship hat and deal with aesthetics and music and service order a lot of the time. Um, I hear this from people and I, and I try to respond graciously, but what would you, what would you tell to people? Is it, is it wrong to have preferences? Is it wrong to express them? Is it wrong to express them in certain ways? It, at what point do our preferences become foolish controversies? Well, that's a that's an excellent question. I'm, I'm not sure I have a, an answer that I could just stamp down and say this oh, is the way on. it should be. But uh, 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 certainly, I think it's okay for us to hold our preferences. I I deeply love worship music from the '90s. That's what resonates with my heart and my spirit. And that's uniquely different from people who grew up in different eras. It's uniquely different from my own kids. Mm. And so, uh, at the same time, I have to uh, be aware that my you know my grandparents are going to have a, a different set of preferences than I do. I also got to remember that my own kids uh you know they weren't alive in the 90s and and so they didn't <laughs> that's not how they how they what they resonate or they worship with so I, th- I think keeping a broad perspective of you know the 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 household of god being a uh, a broad and diverse uh group of people with different preferences and so ha- having that mindset i think is is one thing that's helpful mm-hmm. uh, i think it's also helpful to say that you know the kind of what Paul said to Timothy, like, keep focused on the truth, keep focused on the important things. I think the more we're, we're focused on the centrality of, of Jesus and his death and resurrection and his, uh, the implication of that for our lives, the, the less and less likely we are to get dragged down these more peripheral roots or discussions that might have to do with preferences or might have to do with uh, things that are less important or maybe, maybe not key biblical truths. Yeah, absolutely. Although I, I'm going to push back just a little bit. I, like, I agree. We need to focus on Jesus, and that's, that's the core of it. Although it seems that, I mean, part of the task of the church, the local church, is to focus on Jesus in a way that makes sense for the community that they're in, right? I mean, we, so much of what we do at, around church is communicating in some ways, whether it's through music or, or through architecture or through sermons or reading scriptures. I mean, even, even the translations of scriptures we use, right? Like, these, yeah. these things can be down to preferences and yet they're decisions at some point we need to make um, and we need to humbly hold them as, as leaders but also um, accept them and I, I yeah it's there's there's a fine line there um, mm-hmm. we need to we need to hold our preferences um, we also need to serve the people that we can um, a lot of people are surprised to hear on on most Sunday mornings that uh, the songs that we sing aren't just the songs that I want to sing every week um, I go through a long process of trying to get as much feedback as I can and understand our church body and understand what we're, what the sermon's about and what's going on and, and make the best decisions. And I actually tell my worship team members on a weekly basis, you should be sick of a lot of the songs that we're doing. You should be sick of them because it means you've actually practiced them. And the best way that you can serve your church <laughs> is to know the music well. So like if you're feeling like, oh, this song is overdone or it's, you know, it's getting old or worn out. Great. That means you're probably you know it well enough to be able to lead our congregation in it. Um, and I, you know, we kind of have to put put our preferences through these filters. And, and at what point do do my preferences make way for my kids preferences who maybe aren't as mature and don't don't walk in the same way that I do. And, and at what point do my preferences make way for my my parents or my grandparents preferences? And there's. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. Um, I, I think, like, how, how do we have good conversations about this? 
have any yeah, ideas that's, there? That's, that's it's a great conversation, and we we as a, as a staff will will sit around the table and we'll have these kind of conversations mm-hmm. uh, around the uh, the d- diversity of those who who would call Compass Point their their home and the and, and the and the broad variety of, of preferences that would that would come with that. And I think having an open and honest dialogue, having a a, a, a big perspective uh, versus a, a narrow perspective, uh, keeping in mind the the fact that I I I long to um, grow older in a, in a world where my kids are growing closer and closer to Christ and getting yeah. more and more connected to the local church, wherever that, that is. And so I, I want the, 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 the church to be, in, in some degree, uh, keeping up with their, um, their, um, the way they uh, see things, the way they, not, not, not to change the message, but, but so that, the, so that as, as we saw in this passage, actually, so that the, uh, the, the methodology by which truth is communicated doesn't actually detract from the truth but yeah. enha- enhances it yeah uh, and that's and that's that's hard it's that's yeah. change yeah I mean and I one of the things I I love about compass point I know we as staff and, and leaders love is that we've got diversity um, especially age diversity we've got generations worshiping beside each other and I think this is we we need to become better practiced at this because of that there are there are churches that look more similar in their diversity and it's easier in those contexts to not have as many fights about preferences and foolish controversies and in ours it's a thing that can easily let us uh, get off track it can easily distract us and become that foolish thing um, so i'm going to leave it there i'm i'm actually really excited uh three weeks from now a couple weeks from now we've we've got a sermon where we're talking about the relationship between young and old hmm. and, and not that all preference lines run along those but often that's where we kind of feel them um and and I love that in these books, we've got these these reminders of what these relationships look like in healthy ways. Yeah, for sure. I look forward to that message too. It's going to be great. Okay, yeah. um, the second thing you touched on when you kind of gave us the things you, you didn't get into was this this idea that that at times we have conversations and we, we kind of become insular. We find people who think similarly to what we do and, and we make our own groups and, and our groups, we kind of, yes, we're right, we're right, we're right. I see that as something that's going on um, all over society these days. I think the internet and the ways mm-hmm. we communicate, um, the the lack of face-to-face conversations. I love right now. I mean, you and I could be having these conversations through the magic of the internet in our separate offices, yeah. but we're looking at each other, and that's great. And I wish, in some ways, I wish we could do this and look at everyone who's listening in, although I also love the fact that people can listen at 2 a.m. when I'm sleeping. That's a fantastic thing. Um, but it, it's happening all over the place. How do we... How do we avoid that as a church? What are some of the, the tools we've been given or, or, or how do we actively kind of undermine those, those currents of becoming insular in our thinking and discussions? Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it is having a diversity of relationships and, mm-hmm. and, and being intentional about, about uh, going outside of your, your silos, going outside of your family groups, going outside of your age groups, going outside, you know, being a part of a small group that's, that's intergenerational. Uh, being a part of a program that's intergenerational. Uh, I know uh, the, the women's Bible study that takes place on Tuesday morning, there's some tables that have just a vast a, a variety of, of ages and women from different backgrounds. And I know my wife, when she's been at some of those, has really enjoyed the, the different perspectives and, and having the different voices that, that cause you not to all think the same, but challenge you to consider how others are thinking and to think to think a little bit differently. So I think broadening the, the scope of relationships, mm. and, I, and I love that these pastoral epistles talk about the, 
the the different um, the ways that the the old and young can interact together and bring value to each other and uh, I, I long to see that something be uh, be something that uh, Encompass Point is continually mm. growing and we're continually moving forward in that. Yeah, I mean, an example from both of our lives earlier today, we were having lunch out in the lobby, as we often do, and Fidelis joined us. And for those who haven't met Fidelis, he's our um, new bookkeeper. Yeah. Um, he's great. He's, he's so much more than just a bookkeeper. Uh, great guy to talk to. And we were talking about politics and just kind of going through our Canadian system of politics because Fidelis grew up in Nigeria yeah. and uh, was last in Qatar. So he's got all of these different experiences and just our conversation got better because we weren't just complaining about Canadian politics and you know these are the problems and these are the things we see wrong. We we got to step back and see it on a global scale and think oh you know the problems we have they're actually pretty good compared to what other parts of the world have and, and they're different and here are the advantages and disadvantages. And it was a great yeah just kind of an opening of a conversation just by by having that and, and making the time. I mean, you and I have made a point to to do lunch together and to have conversations, which is a great way. Um, I mean, even for, for you who are listening, you know, can you on your lunch breaks or on your coffee breaks and wherever you work, can you interact with people? And maybe not just the same people, but different people, people with different experiences come from different backgrounds, people who don't even share your faith. Are, are there things we can, we can learn and um, glean from that? I think that's a really great way of, of kind of opening that up yeah yeah and then the same way you can do that in your work environment you can do that you know when we walk out of the auditorium at the end of a sunday and we get yes. out into that lobby and we and we see the group of people who we know well and who look like us and we're tempted to go over and talk to them uh but but there's always another subset of people who are different people we don't know people who are different ages and mm. uh, even this past sunday I had somebody um i'm gonna guess maybe in her 70s came up and and introduced herself to my kids and that was so uh it was so awesome to see that intentional sort of bridging and and, and reaching beyond and and i long that that our congregation be more and more like that as well to 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 mm -hmm. um you know cross those uh uh, uh things that can that can um uh, get a hold of us and, and instead lean in and, and, and see people with different perspectives and different outlooks on life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let me ask, I, um, I lead a young adult small group we meet every Sunday after the service. So I've already had a chance to talk through this stuff with a group right. of people, which is to my advantage in hosting this podcast. Um, one of the things we were talking about is how, how it seems that different generations respond slightly differently to controversies. And hmm. Different generations, also different personalities, but there, there does seem to be a, a bit of a difference that I've observed even. Um, whereas older people, and, and I use that term very broadly, um, I would say, you know, 50s plus maybe, um, okay. they, they tend to have more of this uh, willingness to engage in a conversation, even a, even a harder conversation and, and to mm -hmm. fight things out and to say, this is what I want. This is what I think we should be doing. Sometimes to their detriment, sometimes in, in not a healthy or, or good way, younger people have a tendency, if they, they see too much conflict, to be like, oh, just relax, relax, relax. Okay, I'm out of here. And quietly slip out the back door and, you know, never, you never hear from them again. And it's kind of, uh, you know, they're avoiding foolish controversies, they would say. But there's also this lack of engaging in in truth. So is is there anything there? Do you think there's something generational? Is it is it personality driven? How... How do we deal with these conflicts? If, if you say, this is something that's really important, it's, it's a theologically core thing, and I think, no, it's not really a theologically core thing to me. What's, what's the response then? Yeah, I, I, I hope it's authentic dialogue because mm -hmm. I think we, 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 
grow together better when we can have conversations like that. And I and I think there's there's challenge on on, on both sides. I mean, yeah. there's there's some ways where where uh, you know con- conservative Christians have have not always done the best job at presenting truth in in a way that that. Uh, uh, that is uh, that is appealing, that is kind, and that is gentle. Hmm. And, and at the other time, there's there's those uh, Christians whose voices we need to hear, who maybe just get frustrated with that, and instead of of speaking differently, disengage. Hmm. And that's not what we're called to either. We're called to this, like we saw in sort of the third uh, a section of the passage we looked at this past Sunday. We're we're called to engage, but engage differently. Engage not in the, my back's up against the wall, I'm going to prove to you I'm right, but instead engage uh, hoping for the, the, the repentance, hoping for a new way of seeing things, hoping for a greater understanding of truth, hoping for whatever, that, that, that kind of middle ground, not running yeah. away, but not digging in either and having that conversation. Yeah, and I think you touched on something there, it just twigged something in my mind at least. Um, I think it's really helpful every time we enter a conversation to even even if we think I've, I've got something I want to say and, and there's something here to also enter with this attitude of what can I learn? There's definitely there's a different perspective here. There's someone else here. What what can I learn? Right. And not yeah. um, I mean, we, we're warned not to use the, the Bible just to beat people over the head with. Right. Like that's that's not it. Yes. We were told that the Bible is a, is a sword, um, but that doesn't mean it's it's to be used as a weapon to to pierce people and to do things. The spirit kind of works through us in that way. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, having this openness and willingness to learn from the conversations we're in. Yeah, and in my in my household around my dinner table, the kids are always joking about the fact that in the schools they're talking all the time about having a growth mindset, hmm. and they think that's a funny term uh, to to some degree. But even in in just the way you function, even your school environment or your work environment, somebody who who wants to grow is more apt to listen, is more apt to question, is more uh, apt to, to to lean in and engage in, in, in respectful and engaging dialogue. If they if they have the mindset that that I can I can learn and I can grow, and uh, if that's the case in the in the work world and the and the school world, you know how how much more so should that be the case in the church where mm. where we we are called to 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 grow and to to um, uh, grow in our followership of Jesus and our, our knowledge of truth and and um, how much more so should we be wanting to lead into that that growth mindset as the schools yeah. might say yeah yeah I got one last question for you and I don't expect you to have a great answer for this one because <laughs> oh, it's great. really hard you're really setting it up well um, I know just, just getting <laughs> going so we see in this letter Paul is is telling Timothy right avoid foolish controversies and specifically avoid these two people and I. Just thinking through that, can you imagine um, our chairman of the board or, or Paul, our lead pastor, writing a letter and being like, hey, church, how's it going? Everything's good. Just a reminder, avoid foolish controversies. Also, these two people, you can't talk to them anymore, right? Like, <laughs> The idea of publishing a letter like that, it's kind of audacious and bold. Um, how should we deal with, with a conflict that, that comes? I mean, this is part of your job and my job is, is sometimes we, we feel like, okay, this has gone on long enough. What what is that like? How do we deal with it? Um, should, is it only our job as pastors and as leaders or, or is this something if we see it happening in our small groups or our friend circles, should we step in? What does that look like? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's part of the beauty about being in community is, is I think we're called as a church to keep each other accountable, to help each other in these areas. And so, 
Uh, I think it, well, it is certainly the role of the pastor and the and the church leader. It is also the role of those around to to help to remind people of these passages and help to say, you know, I'm not sure this conversation we're having is is helpful. I think we're we're getting into that godless chatter, that that hmm. that meaningless stuff that's not honoring God, or we're going down a path that's getting into malice or strife or slander or or whatever those other uh, um, terms that that uh, Paul uses in in the book. Um, so. You know, I, uh, yeah, I would say that's that's one of my one of my thoughts on the on the mm-hmm. topic. I think in a, in addition, as as uh, as as leaders, we're we're called to to have frank conversations with people when frank conversations are needed, yeah. and uh, and uh, you know we're also called in Matthew eighteen to start those frank conversations, you know, with the individual uh, that that um, is the one who we need to talk with, mm-hmm. and not outside of that. And so yeah. I think as a church we can also practice that to say, you know, if somebody's got an issue with me, uh, I want to be the first one to hear about that. I don't want to hear from so and so, from so and so, from so and so. I want to I want to yeah. hear from them directly. And so I think as a community uh, we can be better at saying, whoa, whoa, I don't want to go down this godless chatter route. I don't want to go into these foolish controversies. If if you got an issue with person X. Let me encourage you. Go talk to person X. In fact, I'll take you over and, and, and introduce yeah. you. Or you know, I think we can really help uh, each other as a community to be more and more like Christ by 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 being very uh, direct in how we we handle some of these situations. Yeah, and just an openness to to conversations and to learning. And um, I know I know you well enough, and I hope the same is true for me that we're we're always open to meet with people, and we're always open to learn from from their experiences and their opinions and stuff. And and it's yeah, great. We love being a part of this church, and, and this is part of being a part of church is having different opinions and, and feelings and, and being able to sort through things out in a way that isn't foolish, um, but mm. that is honoring to God. And the, the beauty of our diversity and differences coming together is, is part of the, the joy of church, in my mind, yeah, the joy yeah. of our offering of worship back to God. Yeah, yeah, and I think... I think offering grace to each other as well mm-hmm. to recognize, like I shared a story on Sunday about a time I made a poor decision and went down the wrong path, and and we we all do that, leaders yeah. or not leaders, we all do that, and and showing, uh, showing grace to each other to recognize that none of us are perfect, we're all going to mess up, but to to see the best in people and to refuse to go down to that, that that route that Paul warns us about, I think is an essential part of us growing to be more and more a church that reflects more and more of a, of Christ. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brad. Uh, we are out of time again for this week. Uh, thank you for everyone who's tuned in and listened. Uh, we are now on all of the podcasting platforms. So if you want to uh, do us a favor, you can go and you can hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a little rating. It'll help other people to discover it. Or uh, feel free to share it with friends if this has been a helpful thing for you. We will talk to you next week. Thanks. All right. See you later.